Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Ben with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. Yes. We got Daniel Emmett coming on. He's done some great things out there. As you see, there he is. Yes. But he's done some great things out there. He's doing some great things. And we're excited to kind of talk about his story and talk about some music and just see where this goes. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on the show today. It's great to be here with both of you. It's our pleasure. Yeah. And because we're in a crazy time, I always like to start out the same with the big elephant in the room. Oh, yes, so to for speak. this year. <laughs> um, how has COVID affected you and what are you doing to, to maneuver through that? Well, that is a great question because COVID definitely threw the whole world upside down. And as, as we mm -hmm. know, business is no exception to that. When... COVID hit back in March when everything shut down. I had been on the road for almost constantly for about two years, ever since I was on America's Got Talent. And mm -hmm. my whole life just, you know, it came, came to a halt. Mm -hmm. And I found myself with all of this new downtime that I had been gifted with at home. And very, I'm very fortunate that neither myself nor any of my immediate family have been, you know, infected with COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've been staying home predominantly for the most part, but that throws a wrench in the works because when uh, when you're on the road and you're trying to build momentum and then all of a sudden you can't be there anymore, what do you do? So yeah, right. when it started and I figured out, well, you know, it's going to be for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and I just let's uh, take the time to get creative and really put things under the microscope musically that maybe I didn't have time to do before and just start writing some more songs and sit at home and to keep busy. You know, I started writing uh, coronavirus musical parody numbers and put them up on, uh, <laughs> on YouTube. And there was one in particular. I, uh, I'm a classical crossover singer, and I'd always wanted to do the Aria Ness and Dorma in a concert, but never had the chance to do it or never had the guts to do it, really, is what I should say. But yeah. <laughs> so I rewrote it and called it Ness and Dorma a la Corona. I put it up on my YouTube channel, and it, unintended, went viral. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. With it got shared across all the different social media platforms mm -hmm. on a life of its own. It has about seven million hits in total now, and wow. it's played on TV and on the radio on four continents. So I oh wow. wow, that's amazing! Yeah, just like, never know, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely can be some silver linings <laughs> to uh, to any situation if you look for. That's oh, that's yeah, like that even so for true. our show. You know, we originally launched mm -hmm. on January 3rd with the intent to do 100 interviews. We thought if we did yeah. 100 interviews, we would be ahead of the crowd. There's not too many hosts that we know that can say they did 100 interviews from a show they started from scratch from day one yeah, for the first we'll year. Do, do and that. then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. then, all, then, we, then all of a sudden I had to, I told Sandy, this is our silver line. This is our year to shine. Artists. Like you're going to need places to talk, to rant, whatever. We're going to mm -hmm. give it to them. And because of that, it's been crazy because we are almost at 300. You're, I think you're at 294. That's, That's, close. <laughs> That's congratulations. 294. And you started this year. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's been really crazy. And, and, you know, it's one of them things that where you almost feel guilty yeah, because so many people were, and, and I'm not saying we ain't went to, we went, I mean, she had a 14 pound fibroid pulled out of her this year. Oh yes, God. in June, end of June. <clears throat> and I, my stepmom passed away in February. So it's not that we haven't had our issues this year. 
Right. You know, but on the other hand, we've also had this great thing that's also happened. Yes. It's, it's been a year that's been a, just a lot of things rolled into one year. And I'm so sorry to hear that, that you went through that, both of you, this year. It's been, I also lost my grandmother back in January. So it's been a year of ups and downs for sure. But yes. I know what you mean, where there's a little bit of a guilty feeling when, when there's so many people that have been so affected. I feel so blessed to just be able to keep working. I've been mm-hmm. able to mm-hmm. appearances where so many of my fellow artists don't, haven't had that opportunity. Yeah. So many mm-hmm. in the music industry who, from everyone who works behind the scenes to backstage to the band members who live for the live entertainment, live performance, and the tour life that have just not been able to work. So I'm just just wishing, hoping, and praying every day that we can get through this as fast as possible and that when that when that vaccine comes, that it works. Just really hope yeah. and it can get us all back. Oh, back absolutely. Because it's been, I, I was very lucky to do my first live public concert with people in person two weeks ago. Actually, two oh, weeks wow. ago. I was down in down in Dallas with the Plano mm-hmm. and it was such an incredible experience. After after almost nine months of not being with people in a room to perform, mm-hmm. as, as you know, there's that electric connection that happens when you're live with an audience. Oh yes, mm-hmm. most definitely. That's what that's that's why I love to do it because there's this opportunity that you have through the joy of music to give people a mental and emotional break from whatever's going on in their life. Oh yes. And that's so important. An hour, 90 minutes that you're on stage, you can just let everyone put their 2020 worries away. And Mm -hmm. you're like this to not have that opportunity. I know I just, so long story longer, being able (laughs) to be back on stage and share that connection with people in the room with, you know, 50 incredible musicians on stage with me, just, It was exactly what my soul needed a couple of weeks ago. It just really, really mm. got me energized and excited to see what, you know, we're, I, I really hope that we're at the turning point now. And we start now, to come now back. Now tell us yeah. about the very sunny Christmas. Oh, oh yes. So in theme of that, with the Christmas, with uh, music being healing and joyful, and what better music to have that than Christmas music, am I right? Right. Um, this year, because... There's not an opportunity to go see live holiday concerts and everything. Um, here in Vegas, uh, we are partnering with CBS and iHeartRadio to do a one-hour Christmas entertainment special with some incredible artists. We've got Little Big Town on it. Um, wow. We knew there, Darius, uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. and me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, awesome! Apparently, they believe in you. <clears throat> yeah, it's a great lineup. I'm very grateful to be a part of it. And it's going to be a really jam-packed hour of Christmas joy and just entertainment to share with everyone. And all the proceeds are going to benefit an incredible charity here in Vegas called Opportunity Village. That, oh, wow. Just really cool to be a part of it. Definitely love that. Mm-hmm. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? So outside of music, well, music is music is my number one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, seven hobbies. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. But you, I love to cook. And uh, COVID has given me a lot of time to do that. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I love to get out in the mountains around Vegas and just get out and go hiking. And it doesn't matter if it's the summer, the winter, or the fall. It's just an incredible time to do that. And I have a little rest dog who is just, 
he's my adventure buddy. We go out um, and we'll we'll yeah. go hiking all over the place mm-hmm. and just go out and do that. And those are those are my main two hobbies outside of music. But I'll I'll be honest with you, most of my time is spent spent right here. And uh, ever since March, been been in this room making music and just really really trying to create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we back? Are we there? We're back. We're back. We hear you. Okay. <laughs> like I told you before. Technology, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Like we were, like we were saying before we went on air, it's gonna work fine until it doesn't. <laughs> Technology is one of them things. When it works great, it's awesome. When it doesn't, it's yes. horrible. Yes. <laughs> and there's. There's no warning sign. It just it just cuts out on me. But yeah, I'm no I'm worries. so grateful for everything we have this year because you so, know. So as you know, we do have people, these technologies. I think we're still. I'm yeah, thank God for that, right? Yes. Yep. Oh, froze again. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have him back here in a second. God, gotta love it when things are froze. If you can hear us, you might want to log out and back in. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, sometimes that fixes a problem. So while we're waiting, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) It's been crazy. It It has. He's probably trying to log back in. So when he logs back in, we'll have, you know, again, it's one of them things where when it comes to technology, um, you got to roll with it. What happens, happens. And, you know. Yeah, (laughs) we just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's been crazy. Up oh, there he is, he is popping back in here. Yes, maybe this will hey, can, How's it going? There you are. Hey, we can see you in here. Working again. Well, it wouldn't be 2020 without a technology problem, right? So exactly. true. Exactly. Yeah. So as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Carrie Underwood, of a Miranda. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but to even a career level in music. Mm-hmm. And I always want to talk about that because I think it's one of the most important things that people need to hear, the rawness of what it takes. And I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. And, mm-hmm. I, and I asked Allison what advice she'd given up coming artists. I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything, if you see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of you from that point on. She goes, you no longer own your life. They do. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to weekends, to weddings, to cookouts, to to, um, holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't say no to a gig and you can't cancel a gig once you've booked it because and and your friends and relatives never understand that because, Mm -hmm. oh, it's my big wedding day. But you got this gig that 50 people are expecting you to be there. 
So you can't just cancel that either. And, they, and a lot of times they don't understand it. Then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice because they have to let you go and let you go be what do what God called you to do type stuff. So there's, there's sacrifice there. Then there's days you just feel miserable. You don't want to do anything. And you still got to get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. Put the, you know, you got to put that mask on, pun intended. Um, <laughs> and, but then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Well, in short, I think she's absolutely right. Um, I know that. I feel like the luckiest person in the world because I've only ever had one job. And that's the wow. I I came to music a little bit later in the game than I think a lot of artists did. I didn't start singing as an artist until I was about 16, 17 years old when uh, when my family moved to Las Vegas. And that was when I discovered incredible artists here like Celine Dion, like Donnie Marie Osmond, legends in the music business who are performing with all of their heart and all of their soul every day of their lives and have led incredible careers. And they also have been very fortunate to lead incredible family lives as well. And I going back to what she said, though, she's 100 percent right, because if you can think of doing anything else, get out of the game now. Your heart's not really in it. There's yeah. for me, the reason that I love doing what I do so much, it's not about it's not about me per se. I don't it's not about the the, the awards or songs or whatever. It's yeah. about that connection that we were talking about with being in front of people and allowing people to share that gift of their time and their energy with you and that that mental headspace, that that mental health that you can bring to people through whatever music you're singing, whether it's a beautiful love ballad or uh, uh, you know, an up-tempo dance number that they can just put away whatever they're dealing with and be there for it. But it it does take a lot of sacrifice. There are, you know, I I would agree with her that there are a lot of times when you have a weekend or weekend plans with your friends that you'd love to go see them and you'd love to go hang out or you'd love to go on that weekend trip with your family, but you can't because <laughs> music needs you. <laughs> and it demands your time. It's not... Yeah. It's just, it, it demands 100% of your energy to make that happen. And mm -hmm. that concept they talk about, that, that having that drive to make it, it's, I think there's a push and pull. There's, there's, a, there's that pull that you want your music to be heard and you want to be out there and you want to make a difference. But the music itself is that driving force that when you believe in it, mm -hmm. you need to make that happen. You have a need to, to share that message, to share that song, to share whatever you believe in that you're putting into your music that you think people will connect with. And yeah. it's 50% yeah. of your life. I love that. You know, cause I think a lot of times people don't understand the heart of a musician, the heart of an actor, the heart of anybody in entertainment. Cause, cause really when you look at the world in entertainment, whether you're an artist, an actor um, or an athlete, all got the same grind. You know, if you, I mean, to make it to the levels of the pro football is the same as to make it to the levels of a Blake Shelton. I mean, exact same. You have to be all in. I remember so many times you hear um, the big artists, they, they get um, asked questions in these interviews. And there's always one question that hosts always ask. It never fail. That they always ask, if music didn't work, what would you be doing? And 90% of the time, 
those the big artists will say that I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. Exactly. There, there you can't if you if you're coming into it with a plan B, if you have an exit strategy in the back of your head, you're not in it. That's that's just exactly what there is. It's there is only plan A. It has to work. That's that's the mentality that there is. There's no there's no other option. And I would I'd have to answer it the same way. I would I would always say people say, oh, what would you do if you weren't a singer? I'm like, what do you mean? That's, that's, that's who I am. I don't I don't have another option here. Um, I think that's right. I would be I would be a Brooke musician, and yeah. I feel I feel just. I, like I said, I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I've only had one job and mm-hmm. I can only ever imagine having this one job. And if I can't have it, then I don't know what, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, we, we know exactly what y'all feel because we're chasing the same dream y'all are, but on a different platform. I mean, we want to be the Bobby Bones, the Ty Bentley, the Ryan Seacrest of, of the entertainment industry. We want our show to rise like that. And I remember when we launched January 3rd, we're, kind of, I guess, late bloomers because I'm 49 years old. I was 48 then. I remember after we got off that first episode, the first two, we had two interviews that day. I'll never forget. I was like, okay, I found what I want to do. I was I was hooked from that. Day. Now, granted, we interviewed some people like Kelsey Ballerini back in 2014 yeah. before okay. people knew who she was and other people like Two Steel Girls and all that. We didn't do it on the show level because back then they didn't have this technology like they do now. So we'd interview and then I'd write I'd write it all out and right. type it all out. Yeah, and I hated I that transcribe. Yeah. I hated that. And um, so I we ended up quitting doing all that back then. And then a few years later, we relaunched and all that. And then we are here. But it's like when when I got off that first interview, I told Sandy, this is what I'm supposed to do. This this is what I prepared all, you know, because it's funny. We joke about this now, but through our 18 years of marriage, we would be out and about and we would be talking to, I would run into straight, not friends, strangers. Mm-hmm. And she would know two, three minutes in the conversation, it's over. We're there 60 minutes. No <laughs> question. And, I, yeah. and she would roll her eyes sometimes. And I would do that thousands of times. And I just, we just don't, didn't know that those thousands of times was preparing this show. Yes, it was. <laughs> when you when when you find, that, I know I know exactly the moment you're talking about because I know that same music for the same moment for me when with music, it's that all of a sudden it consumes your whole your whole being, and this mm-hmm. you, you know there's nothing else, and that's that's the gift that you have to share with the world. That's what. That's that's your purpose, and that's what. Speaking that's- of that moment, tell us when you know a lot of people would ask, you know, when did you know you wanted to do music? I like to go deeper than that. When did it click that this could actually be a career for you? <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think I would have to say. I think I think part of it is I don't I don't know that it will ever click. I think it's still, <laughs> part of it is still a little bit. Is this actually real life? Am I really getting to? Are they really going to pay me to do this job? Uh, but you know, <laughs> I think I would have to say that moment for me came probably when I was on America's Got Talent um, two years oh, ago. Wow. And so tell us about that experience. Well, yes. it, was, it was an emotional roller coaster from the get go, to be sure. It, it's the greatest time of your life that 
you don't really realize all of all of the incredible moments that are happening as they fly by so quickly because everything is going at light speed when you're when you're a part of one of those shows. But there was a moment with have on America's Got Talent when you get past the first round and the second round and you get to the live shows when the audience can vote. Mm-hmm. There's something in America's Got Talent that's called the Duncan Save. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So, it's when during the elimination show, the audience, the at home audience in America gets to vote for mm-hmm. the act that they want to see go through to the next round. Yeah. And I remember in the quarterfinals, I was in the Dungeon Save, and wow. it was me to move on. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that moment when it clicked for me like, wait a minute. There really are people out there who, who, who've heard what I have to say. And who believe in what I'm doing, and they and they want to hear more, and maybe they, maybe this really is my purpose, and I do, I do need to continue to do this, and that was the moment for me that, out of everything that happened on that show, just there were so many high points, but that was the highest for sure, was when, I had that moment when America said, no, it's going to be you, you get to move on. Wow, I love that because again, you know. Th- Every moment is a defining moment in your life, yeah, yeah. but then because it, they lead to the, those big moments, and there's those, and when those moments happen, you just know, and mm-hmm. it happens, you know, just like with Sandy and I, you know, we, we met online February second of '02, um, online back when it was taboo back then. Yes, uh, um, February fourth, we met, we um, talked on the phone for the first time. February 18th, we set a wedding date. March 4th, we met in person. So we were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. Oh, and, yeah. but, we did, but it was one of those things where we just knew. It was, it, yeah. it was one of those defining moments to where when we clicked, even though it was just through the phone. Mm-hmm. But like I tell people, we didn't, you know, we didn't have the mask of dating. You know, yeah. as you know, a lot of people, they get there, they're putting their best foot forward, they're putting their best suits on, yes. and they're whining and dining each other. Yes. So you don't really see them for six, seven, eight months of who they really are. That's we true. got to see it from the beginning because, again, you know, all we had was communication. Yeah. So we it. just knew that this was it. This was what it's supposed to be. And people thought we were crazy. And here we are, 18 years later, married. Well, congratulations. That is that is a beautiful story, and I love that. I love that you were able, like you said, you were able to communicate from the get-go. There wasn't that that performance art of dating, as you were doing. Exactly. <laughs> and those and those defining moments, and you know, again, you know, we we kind of look back on our marriage, and we're like, you know what? There's another defi- big defining moment was January third. Yeah. Twenty. <laughs> we had no idea what this was gonna what was gonna happen here with the show and all that. You know, right. we just had this crazy idea to do this show. And here we are almost 300 episodes <laughs> later. So we're going to be able to look back that that was another defining moment. Yes. 300 episodes in the first year. That is, that's mind blowing. That's incredible. It's just, but that's the thing. When you have that drive and that dream, it's, it goes into it and you put everything you have into it and look at, look at what comes out of it. Just absolute magic. Exactly. Absolutely. So as you know, a lot of people, they see 
the artists, but they don't see the team that makes the artists. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they get enough love, in my opinion. They don't. And on our show, they're going to get the love that they deserve, at least a little bit of it, a piece of it anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you want to take a few minutes, just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. I would love to. I have been so, so lucky to work with incredible individuals. And I'll start with the fact that my manager is my mom. Oh, wow. I am very proud of that because we've worked really, really well together from the get-go. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. And mm -hmm. I know that, you know, there's there are a lot of people in this business and it's and it's a business where it can be hard to trust people. And that's one thing I never have to worry about. I know that I can I know that I can trust my team with my mom. I have an incredible music director an arranger and writing partner. Uh, his name is Jerry Williams, and he is just an absolute brilliant man. He does all of my orchestral arrangements for the songs that I sing, and, and he helps me build my shows, and we, uh, we're writing all the time together. He's also the music director for the residency that Donnie and Marie Osmond had here in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely incredible. Um, I actually was on the phone. Uh, we were Zoom writing uh, two days ago for another project that, fingers crossed, it's going to be really cool for 2021. And I was writing with Jerry and with our buddy Frank Myers, who is an incredible. We player. had Frank Myers on. You know, we did. Yeah, he was great. I, I got to. I actually was just texting him before I came on with you guys. He uh, is just, just what a great man and what a great writer. Mm -hmm. I'm so fortunate to get to work with both of them. Wow. Uh, I also have an incredible creative director whose name is Billy Lather, who worked together with us for when we put on shows. Um, Barry has directed and choreographed for every major artist under the sun. From Car he does Carrie Underwood's uh, national tours. And he's worked with everyone from Janet Jackson to Prince. I, I mean, the list goes on and on forever. I just feel so, so blessed to work with them. I also, in Vegas here, a lot of the videos that I uh, work with, I work with an incredible film and creative uh, cinematography director. His name is James Taylor, Taylor Commercial Media. For oh, cool. the event that's coming up on uh, the very sunny Christmas, the video that we put together, JT shot that and directed it. And it's just, I'm really excited about it. We did a rendition of, and I don't know if I'm supposed to give it away. So I'm just going to say uh, the song is a night that's very holy. Um, and well, I didn't say it, but you know what it is. Uh, <laughs> and it's just, I'm really, really proud of what we put cool. together. And that's, it goes back to what you said. And there are so many, so, so many people that I work with that just, I would not be able to get to do what I do without them. I may be, you know, I may be at the front of the stage, but there is no stage. Yeah. Every single person that goes into that show. That's why I like to talk about the team, because you, yeah, you so can't important. do what you need to do, what God called you to do without that team around you, because that's what helps you to, to get out there and perform the way you need to perform. 100 percent. And someone who I feel very, very fortunate to have learned a lot from, especially in the last year, is Marie Osmond. We toured together. Oh, wow. I get to be a guest artist on on her symphonic shows, and it is just it is like learning from the master every day. Every wow! Day. Wow! Just she is such a beautiful person, and mm. she on stage is exactly who she is in her life, and just one hundred percent just gives all of her heart in everything that she does, and she's been so kind to take me under her wing 
and really just show me how to be a great entertainer and keep, keep, you know, keep grounded and keep, keep the focus on what's important. And that's the music. I I love that. And mm-hmm. speaking of team, we've got a third team member too, we as we told you beforehand. And he's going to yes, go get him. Going to go get him now. And like I told you, you know, he loves this part. He We're does. a family affairs show, and our twenty month old, when she gets older, we plug her into the show too. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, in the meantime, while he's coming in, I also just want to say that I could not do what I do also without the incredible PR team that I have with Sean and Judy Katz. They are absolutely wonderful with Katz PR. And also- yeah, They're awesome because they sent me you. Anybody, I also want to just say a huge thank you and shout out to my my agent, Randy Chaplin, because he is just awesome. absolutely incredible. Hi, Daniel. Hey, Christopher, how's it going? Good to see you, good. buddy. Going good. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Hmm. You know, I think it changes every now and then, but right now, I would have to say my favorite food is barbecue. Really good barbecue. That's my favorite food. Yeah. What's your favorite food, buddy? Pizza. Pizza? That's what I had last night. What's okay, so follow-up question. What is your favorite topping to put on the pizza? Pepperoni. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Well, I think you I think you should tell your parents that you deserve pizza tonight. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my vote's in. My vote's cast. I think it should be a pizza party night tonight. <laughs> Sound good? Uh? Sound good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Dane. Bye, Kristen. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, I, when we started the show, that was something I wanted to do is include the family. You know, I know there's some careers that people can't, but if there's a way to do it, mm-hmm. You should even if you even if they can't do like how we're doing, even if it's take your kid to work for a day once a month or something. You know, I think if if kids can see what the parents do, I think then when you're out there working your butt off for them, and that they can see it in a different light. So that oh, this is what mommy does. This is what daddy does. So now they feel like they're a part of that. Yes. 100% and it's it's just that's something that to be able to include family in your business is just it's a great thing it's a great opportunity to be able to do that because they keep you grounded and it's it keeps you keeps the focus on what's important yeah. and about the, yeah. the the rat race of it all so to say exactly. uh-huh. so if you could co-write with any person dead oh. or alive who would it be and what and what would you want to write about? Remember, dead or alive, it could be either. Either or one or of one each. of each if you want to yeah, do that. Yeah, we like one of each. Oh, that's that's tricky. Um, <laughs> you know, I will say my go-to has to be David Foster. I would uh, yes. just what if, what I mean, I grew up listening to all of his records and all of his artists, and they his mm-hmm. artists are who inspired me to to do what I do, that classical crossover genre that Andrea Bocelli and Josh Groban and um, yes. down, they all pioneered and they they hit, you know, David Foster's songs are at the heart of it. And that's mm-hmm. someone who anyone under the sun, I would just, I would jump at the chance to to collaborate with David on something. And I, I would, I would want to write, hmm, I would want to write a song that's honest about 
what we talked about earlier about those sacrifices. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. literal about the sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. But I want I want to write something that's at the heart of like the the amount of effort that it takes to really make something that's worthwhile and lasting. And I think, and I think that's the part that people don't realize too. Yes, being in entertainment takes is a lot of work, but no matter what you do in life, if you're going to be at the top of your game, whether it's being a doctor, a lawyer, being a big time business owner, being a big CEO, um, being the president, it really doesn't matter what you do. If you're going to be at the top of your game, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take blood, sweat and tears to get there. Yes. There's there's no no easy road to that at all. Now, if you want to be average, then. You know, some people, I mean, then go for it. But you know what? That's probably painful, too, because you you know that you have more in you. Right. And yeah. and when you're not performing at the level that you know is in you, then that's painful. Absolutely. That's, well, I mean, you know, there was, I don't remember who said the quote, so I apologize to whoever it was that I'm about to steal this from. But <laughs> someone read this in an interview that, Someone's father told them, or someone, someone watched their father who decided not to follow their dream and went into, you know, a, a, a non-artistic career, mm. but ended up not succeeding at that. So they grew up with the idea that, you know what, it's better to go for the dream and put your 100% into it. Because if, if you have a chance at succeeding at that dream, that's better than failing at something that you weren't dreaming for. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's powerful. So, <laughs> because, I mean, I've got friends of mine that are... 10, 15 years in their career and they're miserable and you sit down with them and you're like, you know, how can you be miserable? You got this great life. You got this great family. You got this great career. And some of them will stop you and say, well, that's the problem is the career. I'm like, well, what do you mean? You went to six years of college for that career or however long it was. And they're like, well, I didn't do it for me. You know, it was my parents. It was guidance counselors, friends. They all said what I wanted to do wasn't worth it. They mm. said, this is where the money's at. This is where if you're going to have a family, you need to go do it this way. So now they're 10, 15 years in their career and they're they've just wasted 20, 25 years of their life between college and the career mm -hmm. living someone else's life where they could have just said, you know what? I'm going to live the way I feel in my gut that I'm right. supposed to do. Yeah. And they could have lived happier. And who knows? Maybe they found a calling that would have made them steal that money. Right. And that's and that's good. I like that word you said, that calling, because there is something that and some people are called that being being, you know, those jobs you talk about that, like if you're going to have family, you need that mm -hmm. being a doctor, being a lawyer, yeah. being an accountant. There are calls to everything. And everyone has that that gift they have to share. Maybe you're going to be the world's best surgeon. Maybe you're going to be mm -hmm. the best whatever. but it's it's that's I don't have the right words for it, but I just know that I feel super lucky because my family and my friends and my whole support system have always been behind me 100 percent. I know that's rare going into yeah. a career in the arts to have an incredibly supportive, you know, a whole whole system and network behind you. And they've they've always said, if you've got the dream, go do it. Go yeah. do it. We'll be here for you and we'll do what we can. And we hope that that's what we're living for Lil Chris and Caitlin, because we hope yes. that we don't be one of these parents say, oh, you've got to be a doctor. You gotta, I don't think I could be that way anyway. 
um, because of what we do. I mean, there's no, I'd be a hypocrite then, but uh, we're sacrificing everything for this. We're sacrificing money, everything. Mm -hmm. And um, so I don't want to be one of those. I mean, what if they have this calling and then I steal that from them? It will, it would, you know, I think sometimes parents got to be careful that there's not, there's a calling on their child. And maybe it don't make the kind of money that they wish their kid would make. Mm -hmm. Maybe it don't. Right. But if it's what they are called to do and what what pulls them, mm -hmm. and, and then let them go. I mean, hey, support it. You ain't got to financially support it. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. But, hey, pat them on the back. Let them know that, hey, I'm with you. If you, you know. And then, you know what? If they fail, be their shoulder. Exactly. You know, that's mm -hmm. all they want. They're not, they're not wanting you to say, Oh, um, I believe in everything you're doing. They just want to know that you support them emotionally. Right. And that and that's that's you know part of the beauty of the world we live in now too. Let's say, you know, someone goes for one dream and maybe their heart changes halfway through it or something else, there's always a way to pivot. And I think yep. I think COVID really shown us that too. <laughs> always a way to pivot. Yeah. That's that, but no, I, I'm totally with you, and I think I think you're setting a great example for your children, being able to just put your entire heart and souls into what you're doing, and look at the, look at the progress you've already made just with this show in this year. That's it's been incredible. crazy. It has. Been. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely been a blessing, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. you know, been a lot of work, you know, because again, you're our third interview today. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, so I've been talking for three hours today. You know? <laughs> What's new there? Then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, so it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot. But you know, again, mm -hmm. people, if they when they watch the stuff, they can see that we have fun on this. Yes, we. And do. sometimes they can get the wrong idea that it's all fun and games. But you know, there's a lot of work here. You know, the the show is the fun part. Absolutely. After and yes. before is, is all the hectic parts. Yeah, <laughs> we have our side job outside of this and. Everything. Oh, trying to build yeah. while we build this brand. And music is the same way. There's so much that goes on leading up to those, you know, 60, 90 minutes on stage. There's, you know, <laughs> beforehand. So I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's, there's all that, all that prep work and all that, you know, everything's constantly going behind the scenes to make it for the show. But that's so this, oh, go ahead. So this past February made the five-year anniversary mm -hmm. that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before oh, I yeah. ask the artist that same question, because the answer she gave us five years ago when most people didn't know who she was, um, was almost to the T of what she's living in. I mean, this girl knew where she was going. She had that vision and you yeah. weren't stopping her. <laughs> you know, And here she is on top of the world now living exactly what she told us she would live in five years. Um, so knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? In five years? Well, the first thing is I want to have at least three albums out. That's, that's the number one. I want to do one every other year from now until mm -hmm. year one, year three, year five. So <laughs> that's uh, the part. But the second part is I really want to be touring. I want to be on the road almost constantly. I don't want to, I, I, I live for that. I live for that chance to be out in the world. And it doesn't matter to me if it is 200 seat rooms or 2000 seat rooms. It doesn't yep. matter. Mm -hmm. If I can be singing almost every night 
and connecting and sharing that love of music that I have with people. Um, there's something that uh, Las Vegas likes to call me the uh, the gateway drug to classical music. And, <laughs> and I really love being that. My my style of singing, the genre that is singing, classical crossover, it's something mm -hmm. that I love getting to perform, especially with symphonies, where someone who maybe they saw America's Got Talent and maybe they're not someone who grew up listening to, listening to classical or symphonic music or something. Mm -hmm. They felt the connection with something I sang. Maybe it was a song like when I did uh, Aerosmith's Don't Want to Miss a Thing, but we did it with a little classical crossover twist. Uh -huh. Maybe they fell in love with that. Now they'll come see a show that I'm doing with the symphony, and then maybe that'll broaden their musical horizons a little bit. Maybe they'll maybe they'll want to come back and see something else that that symphony's doing in their community and just get more people involved in the musical community around them. Yeah. That, that's my hope is to be able to continue to just share my love and my joy of music on a, you know, just keep getting out there and doing what I'm doing. And the last part of the five-year plan is I, in five years, would love to have a consistent residency here in Las Vegas as well. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. I had my very first residency, little mini residency last year at Caesars Palace. <laughs> and it was an opportunity of a lifetime. And Vegas is where I really fell in love with live performance with music. It's it's what inspired wow. me to get started. And when I had that full circle moment last year, being able to have my own show on the strip, that was something that, you know, once COVID is out of the way, I cannot wait to start getting back to and start keep that momentum moving so that someday I can have a real true full stop residency on the strip. And that's that's the five year plan. That's where I see myself in five years. Rob, I well, definitely love that. Yes. Now let's look 10 years down the road, 15 years down. Let's say that you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like, you're there. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind him? Hmm. You know, there's a piece of advice that Marie shared with me that I would then share again with my future self because I think it's so so important. And she got this advice from Elvis Presley. So this comes from oh, wow. the top to the top. Oh yes. If he could go back in his career and do anything different, he would thank each and every single fan again for allowing mm -hmm. him to do what he did. And that's what I would remind myself in 10 years to to hopefully continue to do is just because you can write a song, you can sing it. If it doesn't, if you don't have those people that believe in you, that help you along the way, that that champion you, that just will share share your music and and what they believe in about you. And I'm very fortunate to have people already who are doing that. And I I know I'm nothing without. Them. I know I'm nothing without without who believes in me and who who will allow me to do what I love. So yeah. that's what I remember. So sticking to a device, um, as we come to a close here with our last question, um, let's say that you had a friend of yours, you heard him or her sing, and there's, they got something. As Simon Cowell would say, that it factor. They played maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they, they got on stage. They got what every artist says, that stage bug where they're looking over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them, and they know they're in that right place. And they come to you. And they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. I feel like it's my calling. 
What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? Specific person. So they've got their feet wet with the stage. They've been bitten by the bug. I would say never just the simple answer is just don't stop. Go out on stage. Keep trying things. Keep just understand how the crowd reacts to what you do and find really, really refine it and find your magic. Find what makes you unique and special so that your voice can cut through the noise. That's that's what it has to be. The music we make has to be, especially as a new artist, as someone who who is not a household name, someone who's you know fighting every day where where I am now to try and keep making that noise, keep cutting through. Because there are a lot of fantastic and talented musicians out there every day who are fighting for that same shot, but you've got to find <laughs> that sets you apart, that makes you different, that makes people want to come back for more. And the only way you can really find that is to get out there and try it. And I that, love that. That's mm-hmm. would be the key. That would be what I would tell them to do. So as we come to a close here, if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Yes. Well, I just first of all, I'd just like to say thank you so much for this incredible, this was not an interview. This was just a fun conversation that we had today. So thank you. <laughs> for allowing me to share my thoughts and tell my stories. And I would love to continue to connect with you. You both are absolutely wonderful. And I love getting to talk to Christopher as well. Oh, <laughs> we so appreciate that. So, Any, anytime. Um, and seriously, you should have a pizza party night with him tonight. Yeah, <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> we will. We will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to continue to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle's at Daniel Emmett, all one word. Same thing for Twitter. Facebook, I'm Daniel Emmett Music, and also on YouTube as well. I'm on there. YouTube channel name is Daniel Emmett. And I'll put me on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to your music, I'm out there too. (laughs) That is really awesome. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you today. We We definitely look forward to having you back. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Today was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much to both of you. Really, really appreciate you letting me on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day.